0: Hi everybody you're listening to the rope podcast with fox and maya thanks for supporting the show
1: this is a show with adult content so if you're not of legal age where you live then turn off now
0: this podcast is about rope bondage rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to our episode zero on safety and consent in rope before attempting it Find it at the top of our FedLife page, Rope Podcast.
1: Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom. We're rope partners who've been practicing together for about six years. We live in Bangkok and we love to share our passion for rope with the wider community.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by you, our dear listeners. Thank you so much for our patrons who make this podcast possible by supporting some of the costs.
1: If you'd like to help us make more Rope Podcast episodes, please go to ropepodcast.com and visit our Patreon.
0: Today, Maya, we are doing one of our Rope Focus segments, and we're excited to say that our patrons got to vote on which title we'd we'll be talking about today.
1: Okay, and so which one did they select?
0: They selected today the bunny ears tie, which is also a tie that goes by many other names.
1: Mm, So what other names does it go by in case our listeners know it by something else?
0: So besides bunny ears, I have seen it referred to as the duck tie and also as the pillow tie. But I'm sure there's many other names. And in fact, if you're listening to this podcast and your local community calls that tie something else, Please come on FetLife or Instagram and tell us in the comments what name you use for it.
1: Okay, so explain what the tie looks like and then why it's called all of those different names.
0: <laughs> okay, so let, let's start with the anatomy of the tie. So the wrists are tied together and placed behind the head near the back of the neck. Okay. As a result of that, you're going to have the elbows pointing straight up towards the ceiling
1: Okay, so the wrists go over the head.
0: Yeah, and so the elbows are pointing up either side of the head, which I guess kind of looks like a pair of bunny ears, so that okay. would be the first one.
1: Side of the head, uh, but to the back, so not side of the head uh, like this.
0: Yeah, pointing pointing straight up, but we're definitely with the hands at the back of the neck.
1: Mm. Okay, so bunny ears because the the two elbows stick up, and
0: ducktail tie. So the duck tie is a bit more mysterious. I wonder if because the elbows can kind of look like a ducktail shape, maybe, maybe, maybe. Or, or a dovetail. Maybe some people would call that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, maybe listeners can weigh in and yeah, tell us why you it's you probably some like that name. random twist of uh, another word.
0: Possible. Uh, definitely, I would love to know the history if anyone uh, was on the US scene where I've seen it called that and knows why people call that a duck tie. I would love to know it.
1: And pillow, pillow tie. Uh, so
0: the pillow tie, also something I've heard from someone from the US uh, because you can use that tie to support the head and neck, particularly in a face-up suspension or if lying down on the floor. So then the, the wrists and forearms and hands act... Like, act as a pillow, essentially.
1: Okay, okay. So uh, the elbows point up towards the ceiling. Is there anything else in terms of the anatomy of the tie?
0: Usually, you're going to have a lot of rope remaining because you're just doing the wrists tied to each other and then pulling it over the head and to the back. And so there's different ways to use all that extra rope you get. What I like to do is... Anchoring under the chest to okay. make it not possible for the person in rope to just pull their wrists back up again.
1: Okay. And do you have rope somewhere else? I feel like in your uh, duct tie, the there's rope somewhere else. Uh,
0: currently, there isn't. I used to tie it in a way where I also added a line going behind the head, between the arms and the head. But I found recently that. It's no longer necessary given how I tie it. And getting the rope wedged between the arms and the back of the neck was a bit of a pinch fest.
1: (laughs) Okay, and I will say, uh, in my experience, this is tied in quite a lot of different ways, um, Mm. which has pros and cons. You can see more interesting ways of tying it, but it also can mean you're expecting one thing as a bottom and you get a completely different tie So that's worth knowing, I think.
0: Oh, absolutely. One of the big differences you can have in this tie is whether you put the two forearms parallel to each other in really your classic...
1: And touching.
0: Touching, yeah. So like your classic double-column tie kind of situation, Mm, mm. uh, which can get a bit awkward because if you do it as you listen, and please don't do this if you're driving a vehicle... (laughs) Uh, If you try putting your forearms sticking together and the palms of your hands together and now you lift all that above your head and put your hands behind your neck
1: fox is doing this i am doing this yeah. live live
0: yeah. podcast live section you will see that your forearms can't really stay together unless you're a lot more flexible than i am like i feel like i'm gonna tear my rotator cuff if i try to keep my elbows together so what happens is my forearms spread apart as i do this and if i have a tight double column tight on my wrist it's gonna become really tight it really does doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds like you're speaking from experience, I am Maya. really
1: aware of that particular um, thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I think um, it's a good one to um, lab out a bit because people's um, shoulders and wrists and arms are all really different and it can be really different from one person to the next.
0: Mm. And so I used to do it this way. And the upside of doing it this way is that tying that classic double cone tie between the wrists is really easy. But you do have to make it looser because it's going to tighten Mm. when you uh, move it to the back of the head. Now what I've changed to doing instead is tying the wrists crossed. Okay. And that is a completely different anatomical position. So both
1: palms facing towards the face. Both
0: palms facing towards the chest or the face and crossed at about a 90-degree angle. And then if you try that, still not if you're driving a vehicle or operating heavy machinery, you put that behind your head and your elbows and shoulders stay in a very similar position. Mm. So it's much more...
1: I still think it's good to have it a tiny bit looser than you would if you were just Mm -hmm. leaving them there because there's still some uh, movement. But I would agree uh, it doesn't uh, tighten quite as much as the double column.
0: The initial tying of the wrist is a bit more challenging because you have to have a good uh, arms crossed tie which is going to be a bit more complicated than just a double column but it stays a lot more stable as you move into the final position. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. We want to continue making this podcast for you for a long time and to do that, we need your support. Please go to ropepodcast.com to buy rope video lessons from experts so we get a small commission on your purchase at no extra cost to you. In addition, a really great way to help us is donating on Patreon. A one-time amount or a monthly pledge that can be as little as the cost of your morning coffee makes a big difference to us, and you will gain cool perks like behind the scenes photos and the ability to vote on future podcast topics. Go support us on ropepodcast.com because you love rope too.
1: So even with you, you've um, evolved your tie and changed your tie. And so that really shows you that there's lots of different ways to tie this.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, What about the feeling of being tied in that position, Maya? Because it's a tie we do rather frequently. So you've had a lot of experience being in it. How does it feel for you as a rope button?
1: Um, I think it's quite a vulnerable tie, um, because the hands, um, go above the head and out of the way, um, and that pushes the chest out, um, a bit, uh, and also if you are lying on your wrists, um, that also pushes the kind of head chest area out. Uh, so there's a bit of vulnerability in it, um, It can be quite a tie that you can last quite a long time in, but it can also have some very small discomforts that can be annoying.
0: What kind of discomforts do you have in mind?
1: Um, If you have any kind of ponytail or bun or hair accessory in your hair and you're lying on that, that can be quite uncomfortable. Uh, If you have any kind of neck challenge, um, you can end up, again, if you've got any kind of hair... Like bump or anything like that, you have to turn your head to the side in order to find space mm-hmm. for the hair accessory or the ponytail to fit, and that can can be annoying. And also, just the discomfort of lying on your hands. You know, imagine you lie on your your hand when you're sleeping all night. You you get a numb hand. So okay,
0: yeah, circulation. I can see uh, that.
1: Yeah, and we can talk about that in in the risk section, but that yeah. can be a small discomfort as well. But so- generally, it's a longer tie so
0: you're going to want to favor a hairstyle and the choice of accessories that leaves the back of the neck free
1: yeah so e- i either um have a very low ponytail so that the bump of my ponytail where the hair is caught is very low on the neck so it's not sticking out mm-hmm. um or i leave my hair down of course leaving your hair down is a different problem for the rigger because if if it's me, yeah. for example. There's a lot of hair, and it's very easy for that hair to get caught in this tangled tie. in the rope. Yeah. So there's some hair management um, challenges mm-hmm. with this one.
0: And you might want to be wary of things like a very heavy collar, for instance, which could also press into the wrist Yeah. At okay. the back.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Great point.
1: So safety and risk—that's a good um, uh, segue.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say, overall, in my opinion, it's not the highest risk tie there is.
1: And why is that? What what makes it uh relatively um slightly safer?
0: Slightly safer, okay. Caveat caveat. Um, <laughs> there's no rope on the arms besides the wrists themselves and
1: depending on how you tie it. Some people tie um around the Okay,
0: interesting. That's a great point you make. If you do like a more um photo like Arm photo-like structure where you do wraps around the elbows and stuff, then there would be. So okay, good point. The risk profile will depend on how you tie it. Yeah, and some people
1: put rope across the two arms between, like from arm to arm, and Mm -hmm. so that then presses on as well. So this, I mean, I think there's a bit of dependent risk.
0: Okay, I take your point. It's a really good point. Definitely, depending on how you tie it and how you finish your rope, the, the risk level will actually be different. Um, it's also not usually a tie that you suspend from. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't recommend that. So if you keep it as an accessory tie or a floor tie, uh, I, I don't think the risk is. Uh, is yeah, and we're st- not
1: really talking about suspension ties with this today. There, there are some people that do it, and that's not the focus of this episode.
0: Yeah, no, we're not. Um, we're not a big proponent of doing suspensions with a lot of weight on the arms in general and some people do that with some specific harnesses and such but that's that's out of uh, our
1: risk profile
0: it's out of our risk profile and as a result we don't have much experience with it so we're not the best people to talk about it Uh, so back to the risks it's also not a tie that restrains the breathing too much although in some people positionally it might be more um, difficult to breathe into the top of their chest. So um, bottoms might want to try to use more of their diaphragm to breathe uh, in this tie, depending on what the position does for them. Uh, so at face value, it is not the riskiest tie, I would say, although we are playing with the wrists, which remain a sensitive part of the body. I would be mindful of how tight I'm tying them. Uh, and as we mentioned, moving the arms after tying them in the front can increase the tightness. So, definitely having some uh, communication with the partner would be a good thing here.
1: Yeah. And when you move the arms, obviously be careful. There's uh, the risk of your elbows banging into something, but also that shoulder joint is quite um, sensitive. And mm-hmm. the way usually, I mean, I think moving people's arms over is generally okay, Mm -hmm. but you want to check it with the person because if you have very stiff shoulders, uh, it actually might be quite difficult.
0: Yes, and actually in that position where the elbows are straight up, they create a lot of leverage on the shoulder joint. And so if the elbow then gets caught into something as you're moving the person or banged into, then you could potentially damage the shoulder joint or
1: if you have the person's chest lifted and their arms are falling back like say you're Mm -hmm. on a bed yeah and the head and the elbows are off the bed then that's going to weigh the shoulder joint down so just be it's better if the elbows are in line with the shoulder joint yeah it could create a lot
0: of uh, abduction and extension of the shoulder which is a really complicated joint which can be hurting what's abduction it's when you move your arm away from your ribs like that so that, that like
1: out to the side
0: out to the side like you're pretending to be a chicken you know <laughs> okay <laughs> well I guess to pretend to be a chicken you have to do abduction then adduction but yes uh, anyway shoulders are potentially vulnerable easy to yes. fuck up a motherfucker to recover from our shoulder injuries so we, we're so trying be to yeah I would say this is a tie where you want to not shove the person around or do too much rough play or like throw them on the ground and stuff like that like when the arms are out like that Let's move our partners a bit more gently, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it can just be a little bit uncomfortable. So we talked about moving the the head to the side because of ponytail issues. Mm -hmm. But also, depending on the surface you're on, um, lying on your wrist can be a bit uncomfortable. And we'll talk about the tatami mats example in a minute, which we stayed in for a long time. But it's a bit of discomfort.
0: Definitely. Uh, And yeah, indeed... As you mentioned, it's a tie that can restrict circulation to the hands, either because of the position itself, some people are going to lose circulation just from being in that position for some time, or because of pressure on the wrist itself from the rope, depending on how tight you tie it in particular. And here at the Rope Podcast, we don't believe that blood circulation constitutes a big risk for most people by itself because we tend to have play where I would say you're tied up for at most 60 minutes at a time. Uh, And so blood circulation restriction in 60 minutes doesn't really have enough time to cause any major damage if you think of things like tourniquets and so on. But what it does do is it reduces your ability to check for other kinds of damage.
1: Yeah, like numbness because of uh, nerve damage. Yeah. Uh,
0: and so and that's a bigger risk. That is where it's a bit of a bigger risk, definitely. So now that we've mentioned the safety and risk aspect, Maya, what do you remember as times when we uh, use that tie in our scenes?
1: Um, we've used it in, in different ways. So the vulnerability play, I think, is something that you like a lot.
0: I do. And definitely when someone has their hands in their back like that there is an element of vulnerability in this one because the hands are behind the neck upwards it really opens up the chest Mm. and makes that whole chest area really vulnerable Uh, the chest the breasts if the person you're tying has breasts the belly area and that's That does create a really strong feeling of vulnerability in many people.
1: Yeah. If you're doing uh, impact to the front, then Mm -hmm. this is a good, assuming you cover the face in some way, this is a good position to do.
0: Absolutely. Also, um, you know, in some cultures like Japanese culture, for instance, showing the armpits is a thing, right? Yeah. I think this is the ultimate tie to expose your partner's armpits. And if you like playing with armpits, like, Tickling them, licking them, doing whatever you want with armpits, and, and like if you like that, that's great. Uh, it's a good tie to do that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's very classic, isn't it, as a bondage aesthetic? This, this hands behind the head.
0: I would say so. Uh, you definitely find it in Japanese raw bondage photography from the golden age and so on. Like a lot of uh, a lot of models in that position, probably because of the armpit cultural thing we mentioned.
1: And I think dam- damsel in distress as well.
0: Um maybe, although not necessarily my go-to position for a damsel in distress. Mm. Uh, maybe because it was a bit too complicated to tie for a cinema and television rigors after the you know the age of that style. The twenties
1: and thirties.
0: We're gonna talk about in an future episode, I believe.
1: Um and it's quite a tough um tie to escape from and you've really perfected your tie now at this point.
0: It's definitely my favorite tie to use in escape games when um, you tie someone quickly and then they're on the timer to try to get out of the rope. Uh, my My bunny ears at this point is pretty much undefeated.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about some of the things it's less good for. So if you have sensitive hands, sensitive wrists, if you have any kind of shoulder issues, um, some hairstyles and accessories, you, you need to be aware of that. Or anything that interferes with that space at the back of the neck, mm. uh, hair in a bun also.
0: All right. So riggers, definitely have a good look at what hairstyle your partner has today <laughs> and decide if it's going to work with the ears or not. Uh, Maya, what about actual scenes we've used this tie-in?
1: Yeah, so we have a couple of scenes that we can talk about. Um, we we did one um, tie when we went for a little rope getaway mm-hmm. um, in a place with a beautiful hot tub when all the swimming pools were closed during COVID.
0: Mm, so that's the photo we called the Bangkok Rope Spa.
1: Yeah, which was fun because uh, we did not... Plan to take such a beautiful photo, and it came out so beautiful.
0: It is one of our favorite photos from this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really nice, and that includes um, the bunny ears. Mm -hmm.
0: And in this photo, it's interesting because the bunny ears, besides being functional, they really add to the vibe of the photo because it looks like you're lounging in the bathtub.
1: I really was not.
0: (laughs) You really were not, but that's what appears in the photo, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting photo because it does look very relaxed, and Mm. yet... Um, my legs are tied into my, uh, stomach. Yeah. My arms are behind my back and I'm very precariously lying on them. Like you position me after messing with me a bit in the water. You, um, position me in this position, uh, where I really had to balance myself. Otherwise I'd fall and drown. So. <laughs>
0: I would add that the bunny ears in this photo really emphasize your very beautiful breasts as well.
1: (laughs) Okay, thanks. Um, So another one, um, we went to a friend's house uh, to do some rope with them. And you did a tie with me on the floor next to Mm -hmm. their very beautiful view. And Um, the floor
0: was tatamis, Japanese style tatamis, which we do not find the most comfortable thing in the universe. We do not, no. No, <laughs> And I know many people and probably many of you dear listeners like, love them to bits because of the Japanese look and, and all they look that. They look very
1: beautiful, but they're just less comfortable to be on with naked skin.
0: Mm. Um, and so you were lying on the floor in that one?
1: Yeah, uh, lying next to the beautiful view, but not really allowed to look at the beautiful
0: view. <laughs> and uh, in this one, we used the bunny ears to give you a cushion to... Lay your head on, right?
1: Yeah, because you really compressed me in this photo. Mm -hmm. You just kept wrapping more and more rope and tying me tighter and tighter.
0: And so what did the bunny ears do for you in this one?
1: Um, It it helped to um, encourage that uh, feeling of compression, that tightness, that feeling uh, packaged.
0: Mm, Yeah, okay. You were a tight little package. (laughs) You did sustain it for a really long time. I remember that scene being easily an hour long
1: it was very peaceful once once I kind of got used to the slight discomfort and into the into the zone
0: that was lovely so Maya today we learned about the bunny ears or the duck tie or the pillow tie or the varso wheelbarrow whatever we're (laughs) calling it this week uh i think it's a really useful tie to have in your arsenal if you're a rigger uh, as long as your partner has wrists and hands and shoulders that are going to be okay with it and definitely you can just lab it you can practice that position with your partner without any rope on and, and see if that's a position that works for them in any case we hope that you dear listeners will find many uses for it in your role play and if you do use it or if you have used it in the past, please come, uh, comment on the episode on Life or Instagram or even share some photos of your play, including the bunny ears tie. That will be all from us today at The Rope Podcast.
1: Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and come friend us on our Life page, Rope
0: Podcast. Also follow us on Instagram where our name is also Rope Podcast.
1: If you have a question related to rope, we'd love to answer it in one of our future episodes. Drop us a message on FetLife or Instagram.
0: And if you like this podcast and would enjoy more episodes of it, find all the ways to support us on our website, ropepodcast.com. In particular, please consider supporting us directly on our Patreon page.
1: Thanks for listening. And
0: have fun tying.